Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we're going to do something a little bit different today that we've never did before. That, uh, well, I've never did before. We're uh, going to be looking, and if you look at the screen, you say, that said Genesis 25-50. They type that in right. <laughs> no, we're going to, you know, Genesis, because it's one of the longer books in the Bible, we're going to go ahead and try to just preach through half of it this, uh, today. Uh, as we're going to look in the book of Jacob, some of y'all are thinking, I wish I'd have brought something for lunch. But, uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're going to be looking in Genesis chapter 25. And we're going to, uh, well, actually, here in a moment, we're going to read, actually, Hebrews chapter 11. And if you want to uh, flip over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 21, and then after that, we're going to back up to Genesis 25 and try to go uh, through to the end of Genesis. But, uh, you know, just as we were singing, there the song, you know, said, Jesus, you're all to us. I wonder, really, as we sing that, how many of us were lying? You know, let the passion of the church be the righteousness of God. How many is the righteousness of God really our passion? You know, that we're, that we're, that we are looking to Him. But, you know, as we look, and really going to be looking with it being Father's Day, I thought it's, uh, it's difficult to be a father today, isn't it? I guess it's always been difficult to be a father. <coughs> and let's look at the, the facts and just the sad, the sad where we are. The man, the man, the father is supposed to be the spiritual leader of the household. Let's look at in the area we live today. I would say that's probably 90% not the case. You know, I mean, isn't that, I mean, could be, and really 90% is probably a conservative estimate. Really, it's probably higher than that, where the man is not the spiritual leader in the household. That it's the father, really. Uh, some fathers aren't even around, much less, uh, not even the provider, much less the spiritual leader of the household. And it's so easy during times like this, the Father's Day, just to really uh, spend time beating up the fathers for what they have not and did not do, right? And then that, and that usually what that's probably a lot of fathers stay away from church on Father's Day because they don't want to, you know. But today, what I'd like for us to look at is a father that, in all his failures, he still finished well. And as we look at this today, I don't want to give anyone the impression that yes, I'll live any way I want to and just right before I die, I'm going to get right with God. And the first reason I don't want to give you that impression is because you don't know when you're going to die. I mean, can we all say amen right there? Amen. 
right? Today may be the last day on this earth for some of us here today. But the second thing is, that isn't what God would have us do. And as we look at this, this father, we're going to be looking at Jacob and the life of Jacob. And as we look at this father, we're going to see a lot of trouble that he goes through that I think is a direct result of the sin and selfishness in his life early on. That if he would have served God the whole time through his life, I think he could have avoided a lot of the troubles that he ends up going through uh, in his life. And so I think, first off, I would encourage us, you know, we need to serve God because we need to serve God. But we need to serve God because of our children and some of the things they'll go through if we're not serving God. And But I want to encourage you, encourage you today and myself today that no matter what has happened in your life in the past, from this moment on, you can make a commitment to serve God. And you can finish this life well. You can finish this life serving God. But uh, as we look today, we're going to start out, as I said, we're going to look through the life of Jacob. And we'll try to really just going to kind of do a, an overview or a survey of his life. And we'll, this survey is really going to cover 25 chapters uh, in the book of Genesis. So it's going to be uh, nowhere near in detail, but just in brief. But I think through this, we can see how God worked in his life. And in the end, Jacob came to the point in his life where he was totally committed to God. But let's everyone that will uh, and can, uh, let's stand and let's read Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 21. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 21. The Bible says, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray today as we look through your word, God, that each of us, Lord, would be encouraged. Lord, that no matter what's happened in our past, we can serve you now. God, I pray that those of us, us here that are fathers and men, God, that we'd be challenged, God, to live our life as an example of God, that others would see Christ in us. Lord, if there's someone here today that does not know you, Lord, let them realize even though they have sinned, you love them. Lord, you were willing to die on the cross that we could be forgiven. Lord, you arose the third day victorious. God, give them courage to make a commitment to you. Lord, I just pray again, Lord, for your unction. Lord, for your anointing. God, I pray for your wisdom. God, I pray you give me clearness of mind, God, that everything that you would have said would be said and nothing more. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We're going to, uh, as we look here in the life of Jacob, 
we see that in the end of Jacob's life, the Bible tells us in Hebrews that it was by faith, that because of his faith, and uh, that he was able to bless Joseph's sons, and that he worshipped, that he was glorifying God. And you know, what is faith? At the beginning of Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible tells us that Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 1, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, we, the way we live our life, it is our is the evidence of our faith, right? You know, we can say we have faith, but if we don't live our life in such a way that others can see that we trust in God, I mean, that true faith is the evidence of, of our belief. It, it's the evidence in where we live our life. You know, today, as we look, I said we're going to survey the whole life of Jesus, of, of, of Jacob. And as we attempt to cover his life, I think really we're going to see three things in the life of Jacob and uh, throughout his life. The first thing that we're going to see, and I'm going to kind of go ahead and try to summarize everything now, and then we're going to see it all through the thing, and then we'll try to bring it back to a close. But the first thing we're going to see in the life of Jacob is we're going to see his trickery. You know, in Jacob, it, we'll see his trickery from the very beginning of his life. He lived his life just for himself. And he was willing to do anything that he could to get his way. You ever know anybody like that? Can you raise your hand if you've known somebody like that? Just keep your hand up if it's you. Right? Huh? Right? Isn't that right? And so many of us, we want to say, oh, that's not me. Well, it may not be you now if you trust in Christ as your Savior, but I'm sure that was you beforehand. Uh, not only we'll see the, the trickery in his life, we'll see Jacob's uh, life of trouble. We'll see the trouble that came into Jacob's life through his life. But then after, in the end, we'll see Jacob's total commitment uh, to God. But, you know, let's, uh, let's look. First off, looking at Jacob's trickery the, uh, in his life, Jacob's life of trickery. You know, in Genesis chapter 25 is where we first see the birth of Jacob. And really, uh, down in, uh, around in verse 19 is where, uh, where it starts. And here, Rebecca is... He, she's pregnant, and she's struggling and having trouble, and she's wondering what it is, and God tells, them, tells her, it's because you got two nations in you. And it goes on, and in verse number 25, we see the birth, the birth of her first child, Esau, and he comes out, and he's uh, red and hairy, and right after that, we see in verse number 26 that after this, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Even from his birth, he was trying to get one up on somebody. Esau was born first, but Jacob grabbed on and said, I'm trying my best to get you, right? You know, for us today, really, we're all born in sin, aren't we? The Bible is told, tells us in Romans chapter 3, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we may say we've had several little babies born, 
But you know, really, babies are born, and they are born in sin and selfishness, right? You know, when a baby's little, and he's ready or she's ready to eat, they don't care what the mama and daddy's doing. What do they do? They start squalling, saying, I want my way. I'm ready to eat. Can anybody testify to that? Huh? <laughs> right? Isn't that right? You know, that's the way Jacob was when he was first born. But as we see, as he continued to grow, Jacob even tricks his brother. The Bible tells us that his brother Esau was a, a man of the fields, a hunter. Jacob was born one to uh, take care of things around the uh, around the house and be more of a farmer. And Esau's been out hunting, and Jacob has made a stew. Esau comes in and says, I'm starving to death. You know, if Jacob really cared about his brother, he'd have said, here, have some stew. Right? And there's a lot of things in this passage that we can see as far as the life of Esau and how he is willing to just all he all his interest in was what he wanted right then at the moment. He's willing to give up what God had for him later on, just what he could get right now. But what did Jacob do? Jacob says, Oh, I'll give you some of this stew. Mm, it smells so good. If you'll, I'll sell it to you for your birthright. You know, for Jacob, it was just about what it was, what what it was, what was in it for him. He didn't care about his brother. He didn't care about anybody else around him. If he was always just trying to get one up. As we continue on in Genesis chapter 27, we see that not only did Jacob trick his brother into selling the birthright, we see that he tricked his father into receiving a blessing. And his mother was in on this as well. His mother said, gave him very bad advice and said, hey, your daddy's about to die. He's blind. He don't. He can't tell the difference between you and your brother. Why don't you, he, he's about to bless your brother. Here, you go get a, a ram and I'll compare, uh, prepare it. And then you go in and get the blessing from your dad instead of your brother. You know, a lot of us may have grown up in rough, surroundings. You may have been given bad advice from even your parents or people that would uh, that you look up to as your parents. But you know, it's up to us to make the decision to follow Christ. I mean, we can't blame everything on our surroundings. Jacob's, Jacob grew up in a terrible household, really. The daddy liked his brother. The mama liked him. Favoritism. I mean, that's just... Uh, if you ever grew up in a household like that, it's a terrible thing. You know what I... Back when I was... Went to a management class once back a number of years ago. And they said one of the most important things you can do is you need to be consistent with everybody. You don't need to show favoritism. 
They said people were more happy at work if you were consistently bad to everybody. They were more happy than if you was good to some and bad to others, you know? And kids that grow up in a house of favoritism, it's, it's, a, it's a bad thing. And that's where we can see Jacob. Uh, we can see Jacob was. He, uh, he tricked his father into, as if you know the story, if you don't, you can read through it in, in Genesis 27, where his mother took the, the, the lamb's skin and put it on him so that he'd seem more hairy and went in and received a blessing from his dad. But uh, then when his brother shows up, obviously he had missed out on the blessing and was really upset. But you know, not uh, as we see this trickery, Jacob living only totally for himself. We see actually in Genesis chapter 28 that he encounters God for the first time in his life. Or the first time that we see in his life. His mother realizes that his brother is wanting to kill him. And she says, let's send Jacob to go find a wife back from our kinfolks. And so his, his dad in chapter 28, Isaac sends Jacob away to go find a wife. In verse number 3, he said, May God bless you, you know, as you go. And as we see, Jacob is on his way. And he goes to sleep. And there, as he's asleep, he dreams that he can see angels ascending and descending from God right there where he sleeps. And look in verse uh, number 13. The Bible says, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your, uh, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land of which, on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You know, even when, when Jacob was in all his sin. God still made him a promise that through him, just as he made that promise through Abraham, that I'm going to bless you and everyone through earth is going to be blessed because through him, Christ was going to come. Look on what God said. You know, for us today, in Romans chapter 5, we're told that even when we were in our sin, Christ died for us. It wasn't that Jacob was so special. God had a plan for his life. God has a plan for your life. When Jacob was still in his sin, God dealt with him. When you were still in your sin, Jesus died for you. Let's go a little bit further. Verse number 15. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. You know, Jesus even told us that we trusted in him in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, that he wouldn't leave us comfortless. Comfortless, the Holy Spirit will be with us. Verse number, uh, going on down, verse 10, 
Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it. Jacob said, I, God was here. But look at Jacob's response. And, it, uh, and he was afraid. And he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. You know what Jacob did? He missed it. Look at what Jacob did. Instead of saying, how awesome is God? He said, how awesome is this little church? Isn't that what he said? How awesome is this place? Oh, this is a holy place. Instead of saying, how awesome is our God? How many people today, that's where it's, it's all about where they're at instead of serving God and Him. If we go on down, it said, Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me on this way I'm going and give me bread to eat and, and clothe, uh, clothing to put on so that I may come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. How many people do that same thing? God, if you'll bless me and you'll make me rich and you'll give me all the money I want and give me everything I want to wear and you take care of me and then when I get old and right before I die, I'll serve you. When I get so old I can't sin anymore, then I'll quit sinning. Just because, not that I don't want it, that I want to quit, but I just can't. You know, isn't that why so many people seem righteous in the nursing home? It's not that they really surrender to God. It's just they're too old to sin. Right? Can you go ahead and say amen right there? Roll me or something. Some of y'all may be in that shape right now. You know, well, the reason I ain't running around chasing women because I can't run anymore. You know what? Huh? what? But here he goes on. And it said, and this stone which I have set up as a pillar shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will surely give you a tenth to you. Yeah, and God, if you let me win the lottery, honey, I'll pay my tithes then. Isn't that what he said? Huh? I mean, let's bring it up to the day. God, if you'll pay off all my bills and give me all the money I want, then I'll give back to you. Jacob missed it all, didn't he? I mean, didn't he really? He missed it. For him, it was all about what he, God could give him. It wasn't about committing his life to Christ. I'll do it sometime in the future. If we go on and look, we can see that in chapter 29, Jacob, who lived this life of trickery, ended up being tricked himself. He finds, uh, he finds uh, Rachel, this woman he loves, he makes a deal with her daddy, Laban. Says, I'll work for you for seven years and then uh, so that I can marry your daughter. Did Dustin ever agree to that for you, Dad? <laughs> you know, <laughs> missed out on one right there, didn't you? You know, uh, you know should have got you at least your truck washed or something. But anyway, but, you know, uh, but uh, I was going to try to slip that in in Bonnie or Anne-Marie's vows, you know, you know, for... No, I gotta go wash my truck once a week. But anyway, no. But you know, if we look, but what ends up happening to him with Jacob? When he wakes up the morning after he got married, he realized he'd married Leah, not Rachel, the one he loved. 
and his daddy law said, well, I couldn't marry my old younger daughter off before I married my older daughter off. I couldn't marry off the good looking one without getting rid of the ugly one. I mean, you know, that's what he, I mean, that's what he said. Talk, talk about her eyes being weak. And, I, mean, I mean, that's right. Isn't that what the Bible said? Huh? Right? Uh, so he said, if you'll work for me seven more years, I'll go ahead and give you the pretty one. You know, you can marry her in a few few weeks and we'll go ahead and get back to it. But you got to work for me seven more years. And after that seven years, uh, like I say, Jacob had lived the life of trickery, and he ended up experiencing it himself. But you know, really, right in this point, we can see from his life of trickery, we'll see that he continues this, this vein. We start seeing the trouble that starts coming into his life. You know, we can see family trouble that comes into Jacob's life. As we start getting on into chapter 30, at the end of chapter 29, Leah starts having kids. Rachel can't have any kids. Rachel starts, it says here, take my handmaid, Billa, have kids with her. Leah says here, take mine, have kids with her. Jacob's having, women, having kids with four different women. You know, there's a lot of men today that have kids with all sorts of different women. And let me just tell you what, all it does is cause problems and heartache. That's what he did in their life. You know, for Jacob, he ends up, first you see that he ends up with problems with his in-laws. He starts trying to trick Laban and trying to do some things where he's getting all the, all the uh, lambs and stuff instead of instead of Laban. And it ends up that one night they say, we got to leave and get out of town. And they end up leaving and they go and Laban realizes, you know what's sad with Laban? It was bad that his daughters left. It was bad that all his grandsons and grandkids left. But you know the thing that made him the maddest? Somebody stole his household gods when they left. And Laban chases them down. And he did not find the household God. Jacob said, if anybody stole them, we'll kill them right now. You know who it was that stole them? Rachel, the wife that he loved. And as they searched everybody else's tent, Rachel, I guess she'd learned all this trickery from Jacob and her daddy, sat down on the God's and said, I can't get up because it's that time of the month. And so they just did not, they just left her alone. You know what, if we look at where we're at, and we just go ahead and say, if you read Genesis, it's not G-rated. Just like I told y'all before, the Bible's not G-rated, right? PG-13 at best, and really probably more more toward the R. But anyway, right? But if we look, you know what's really sad? Is Jacob's wife was more concerned about idol worship. 
You know what that really kind of speaks? It's really a testimony to Jacob. God had spoke to him. And he said, God, if you do all this stuff for me, I will serve you. But obviously he was not worshiping and serving God because he had not even had an impact on his wife that he loved the most. It was still a thing of idol worship. You know, if we continue through, and what ends up his daddy, daddy-in-law and him do, they end up kind of coming to a truce, piling up a pile of rocks, and basically say, you stay on your side and I'll stay on mine. That's what they say. If we keep, if we go on, he said, I won't, won't uh, you shouldn't leave, you shouldn't come on this side, won't any trouble. And I won't come over here, won't any trouble. If we continue through the life of Jacob, me going down uh, in chapter 32, Jacob recognizes God, but he's still selfish. We see that he's traveling back to his father's house. And he realizes in chapter 32, it said that he realized, he said, this is the camp of God. And in, in verse uh, 2, but as we continue on down, we see that Jacob is going to come to a place in his life. In verse 24, when he was left alone, with, that he's there and he's wrestling with a man. Which if you continue reading through Genesis and stuff, I really think he's wrestling with a pre-incarnate Christ. And he wrestles with him all night long. But still, when morning comes, and this messenger of God that, that Jacob's wrestling with says, let me go, it's morning. Jacob said, I'm not going to turn you loose till you bless me. You know, still it was all about Jacob, wasn't it? And if you look at what he did, even before then, he's about to meet his brother Esau, and instead of being the man that he should have been and showing up with the crew and saying, Esau, here I've done you wrong, and I'm here, let's try to make it right. What did he do? He first, he sent all the flocks. He divided this group into two camps that what they attacked one, maybe he won't kill everybody, and he sent the flocks. And then he sent, and then what did he, then he sent the kids and the wives. And then he come in last. And you know, I mean, isn't that a man you want to follow? Right? I mean, don't you want a daddy like that? That says, there's a burglar at the door. Kids, y'all know, you know. I mean, isn't that, isn't, that what, isn't that what he was? Right? I mean, we're looking at the life of Jacob. I mean, he was a bad father, wasn't he? Horrible father. But even in the midst of him being a horrible father, God said, I ain't gave up on you, Jacob. I'm going to quit calling you Jacob. I'm going to call you Israel. I'm going to call you Prince of God because I want to do something in your life. You know what? I think that's what Christ is saying to us today as men. You might be a horrible father right now. You may have been a horrible father in the past, but I want to do something in your life. 
I think that's what he's saying with, uh, with everyone. I want to do something in your life. The Bible goes on down in chapter 34. Jacob's trouble continues. In chapter 34, his daughter is defiled. And basically what ends up happening with one of the boys from the wrong side of town, out of the wrong crew, right? I mean, somebody, she goes down and she ends up having sex outside marriage. And she wants to marry the fellow. The fellow wants to marry her. But two of the brothers got so mad. Two of her brothers. Jacob says, well, if y'all will all. And you know, his sons were, are out to tending the sheep. Jacob don't do anything at all till the kids get back. I tell you what, he's a brave soul. <laughs> you know? Wait till the kids get back because I can't say anything myself, right? And he said, well, if all y'all be circumcised like we are, then I'll let you marry her. After everybody in town was circumcised, Stephen and Levi goes down and kills them all. You know, if we uh, continue on in the life of Jacob, chapter 35, God speaks to Jacob, and he said, we need to return. You need to return to Bethel. You need to return to where you first saw me. He said, and Jacob comes up in verse 2, and this speaks a lot to where Jacob was at in his life. He said, Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you, purify yourselves, and change your garments. Obviously, they were worshiping foreign gods. And Jacob, for the first time in his life, begins to start sharing with his household and says, we need to get out of this foreign worship. We need to start serving God. If we go on down, we'll see. Verse number 9, God appeared to Jacob again when he came uh, to Padam Aran and blessed him. And God again told him, your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel shall be your name. And verse 15, and Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him, Bethel. You know, it's, we can see here that Jacob is finally coming to the point in his life where he's beginning to realize that I need to follow God. We see trouble continues in Jacob's life. And uh, on down in chapter 35, Rachel dies. Reuben Rachel dies in childbirth, having Benjamin. In verse, uh, going on down chapter 35, Reuben, Jacob's oldest son, has sex with Rachel's maid, Bill. I mean, basically, it was his step-aunt, I guess, was what it, no, it would have been his stepmother. Or his step, anyway, his, anyway, just bad situation, right? Jacob had kids from Bella and now his oldest son is <coughs> I mean even Paul talks about that happening in the Corinthian church, right? Somebody being with their daddy's wife. In verse, in chapter 37 we can see that Jacob loses a son, Joseph. 
Joseph didn't die, but his brothers sold him into slavery. And as far as Jacob knew, he had died. Chapter 38, we see that Jacob suffers the loss of two grandchildren. You know why both those grandchildren died? God killed them because they were so wicked. And if you read on through chapter 38, I mean, it's a horrible chapter. Judah, his son, ends up having sex with his with Judah's son's wife and has a kid or has twins by her. All this is happening in Jacob's family. You wonder how different all that would be if Jacob had been serving God the whole time. But they grew up in a family that Jacob was always looking out for himself. Jacob lost his son Joseph. Why? Because he was, it was, again, it was a family of favoritism. He cared more about Joseph and didn't really care about the other sons. Growing up, uh, why? But like I say, he, he had grown up that same way. But then as we get to this point, after we see all the trouble that Jacob went through, and God kept dealing with him and speaking to him, we can see the change in Jacob's life where he becomes to a point where he's totally committed to God. If we go on into chapter 46, after they went through times of famine, he'd sent his children to go get uh, to go get grain from Egypt. They end up realizing that Joseph was still alive. Still, even during this time, Jacob was still showing favoritism, wouldn't show sin Benjamin. But through all this, God did a work in Jacob's life. In verse chapter one, chapter 46, verse 1, said, So Israel, Jacob took his journey, and all that he had, and came to Beersheba, and offered sacrifices to God, his, uh, of, to the God of his father Israel. You know what I thought it was? Interesting that finally at this point Jacob comes and he begins to worship. But he didn't say, I worship my God. What the Bible say? I worship through the God of my fathers. I wonder in our life how much we serve God because he was our parents' God instead of because he's our God. How often do we do that? We continue to look. Uh, Jacob comes to the point. God speaks to Jacob. And he said, here am I. And God said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt. And as Jacob goes on down to Egypt, we can finally, for the first time in our life, the first time we see in Scripture, Jacob makes a decision he's going to do what's right. Joseph, at, in chapter 49, he tells, his, he tells his daddy and his brothers, now when I take you before Pharaoh, just tell them that you keep animals. Don't tell them that you're a shepherd because it's an abomination in Egypt to be a shepherd. 
Do not embarrass me in front of my boss. That's what Joseph basically said. Right? And if you go on up in the uh, next chapter in Genesis 47, when they get there before Pharaoh, for the first time ever, Jacob's family, Jacob's representatives, actually tells the truth. Pharaoh said, what do you do for a living? You know what they said? We're shepherds. Before in Jacob's life, I think he'd have done everything he could to try to, through himself and through trickery, accomplish good for himself. You know, finally they did. I'm just going to tell the truth and trust God that he's going to work it out. <coughs> if we go on down, Pharaoh talks to Jacob and said, Jacob, how old are you? And he said, I'm 130 years old. My pilgrimage has not been as long as my father's. And he said, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've done a lot of evil in my days. Doesn't this sound like a much different man than the man that was only out for himself? He finally become humble to the point where he said, God, I've done wrong. I had lived the way I should. And if we continue, we can see, Jacob continues, we can see his, uh, uh, his commitment to God. <clears throat> In chapter 48, as he's getting older, Joseph brings his children to meet Jacob. And this is the verse that we read and uh, that, that spoke about in Hebrews. In chapter 48, Jacob begins to tell <coughs> how God had appeared to him in loves, which was bad. And he begins to Show how that it was God that blessed me. Jacob finally came to the point in his life and realized it wasn't through all this trickery, it wasn't through all these works of myself that I've been able to do this. He began to give God all the praise and the glory. You know, men, fathers, It's easy for us to try to spend all the time we can and try to get ahead in our own life. Somewhere in our life, we just need to recognize it's God's the one that does the blessing, not us. You know, Jacob goes on in the next chapter, in chapter 49. It's, well, let's back back up to chapter 48. As Jacob began to bless his children, look at what he said in Joseph's children, verse 15. God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has led me all my life long to this day. He said, it's God that's did. And listen to what he says here. The angel who has redeemed me from all evil. 
He said, God's once even forgiven me, redeemed me. You know, for us today, I want we come to that point in our life. Jacob goes on and he begins to prophesy about Joseph's children. Chapter 49, he comes and all his sons show up. And he begins to prophesy about each one of them and warn them about their life. And as you read on through the chapter, it said that he blessed them. That's a far cry from just showing so much favoritism towards some kids and stuff. He ended up dealing with all of them. You know, we can see a great change in the life of Jacob through his life. You know, as we kind of come to the end of chapter 50, he gives the death of Jacob, and it shows the funeral that they have for him. And when they get to where they're buried, it said that even those around said, oh, goodness, this must have been a great man. Look how much all the folks from Egypt are mourning over Jacob. You know, through all this, as we look through the life of Jacob today, I really want us to take away three things. You know, Jacob, he lived his life. Everything was about him. It was selfish. It was trickery. What can I do to get my way? And the thing I wonder in our life today, are you living your life just for yourself? You know, so many men, so many fathers, so many people live their life only for their self. What makes me happy? What can I do? It's all about me. You know, the next thing we see is Jacob's life of trouble. You know, for us, if we live our life selfishly, it will lead to a life of trouble. There's problems our kids will have to endure because of, because of our life of selfishness. But the thing that, that mainly I want us to take away from today is that through all this, we can finish well if we're ready to totally commit ourselves to Christ. You know, at the end of Jacob's life, we can see that because of what he did in the end, he's even mentioned in Hebrews as a man of great faith because where he, because where he ended up. You know, up to this point, you may have lived your life just a total life of selfishness, a total life for you. You may have went through all sorts of trouble, but today we can make a commitment to live our life from this point on following Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray. Lord, as we look at the life of Jacob, God, that we will learn God, that we won't live our life selfishly. Lord, just trying to gain what we can for ourselves. But God, that we desire to live a life for you. Lord, even in this place, there may be people that are going through trouble because of the way they've lived their life in the past. God, I pray. 
that you would give them hope. God, that they can commit their life to follow you from this point on. God, they can have a great impact, Lord. They can finish this life way. God, I pray. work in each of our lives. God, give us all the desire to finish strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.